0: Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries.
1: Betrayal. It's defined as the violation of a person's trust or confidence of a moral standard and so on. In marriage, it often only refers to infidelity, and yes, that is a tremendous betrayal, but it isn't the only kind of betrayal that it, that can occur in a relationship. Anything you keep from your spouse that they have a right to know about can be considered a betrayal, and since a good marriage, and basically, in other words, all relationships are built on trust, betrayal can actually shake your relationships foundation to the core. So does it automatically mean the end of the relationship? No, even though it's not easy, you can recover from betrayal. So holistic psychologist and founder of the PBT, which stands for post-betrayal transformation institute, Dr. Debbie Silber is here to explain how we go about doing this. So, um, Debbie, thank you for being on the show and talking about something that, unfortunately, many—if not most—of us experience at some point in our
0: lives. Yeah, thank you so much for for the uh, the conversation. Looking forward to it. Unfortunately, betrayal is one of those things that that happens, and it could be betrayal of a family member, partner, friend, coworker, self. And the way it works is that. The more uh, the the more we trust and the more we depend on someone, the deeper the betrayal. So, for example, okay. a child who's totally dependent on their parent, and the parent does something awful, that's going to have a different impact than, let's say, your best friend sharing your secret, your coworker taking credit for your idea. Still, okay. be- a betrayal, but different level right. of cleanup.
1: So, what is it about betrayal that makes it so damaging?
0: yeah you know it's a very sure well it's it's think about it this was the person these were the people who gave us a sense of safety and security so when this is the person these are the people to shatter that very sense of safety and security it's traumatizing and and that's why betrayal is a very different type of trauma which was actually uh, one of the three discoveries that I made during my study and happy to share it if, if that serves yeah, absolutely. So, 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 first off, let's, let's talk about what prompted you to even start
1: studying this. Because, you know? like, most of us, yeah. I mean, you know, I remember, I remember when I was in college and finding my boyfriend in bed with somebody else, uh, literally, was, you know, I mean, I was just curled up in a ball for weeks. So, I mean, how? Yeah. What made you? What made you go? Let me go study this
0: yeah no one studies betrayal because you want to <laughs> you study because you have to it's actually my 30th year in business and as life would change so in business So I started in health and then mindset and personal development and then I had a really painful betrayal from my family mm-hmm. um, thought I did what I needed to do to heal and then it happened a few years later this time it was my husband um, well that was the deal breaker so got him out of the house and here I was Four kids six dogs and a thriving business and I'm one of those people that really feels that if nothing changes nothing changes so I uh-huh. looked at the two experiences and thought okay what's similar to these two you know of course me but what else and I realized uh-huh. boundaries were always getting crossed I never took uh-huh. my needs seriously and I said well that's it I'm changing everything so I enrolled in a PhD program and it was in transpersonal psychology the psychology of transformation and human potential because I was changing so much I didn't quite understand what was happening he wasn't he was too wasn't ready to look at that and then it was time to do a study so I studied betrayal what holds us back what helps us heal and what happens to us physically mentally and emotionally when the people closest to us lie cheat and deceive and that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries which changed my health my family my work my life wow (laughs) Mm-hmm. So just
1: before we go into what those three are, because I'm so I always get very curious about these things. So how did you go about studying this?
0: Yeah, you know this was I, a book wasn't going to get me out of this mess. This <laughs> was by far the, the the biggest shattering of my heart, my health, my everything. Mm-hmm. And I knew I knew I just I needed to heal. And I had I'd been through death of a loved one I've been through disease nothing hit me like this mm-hmm. um, and I, I just thought I don't know what it was I just felt like I I, I feel like I need to truly understand this and that's going to help me on some level and then as I was going through the program and doing the study I remember saying to myself if I can find a way to heal from this I'm taking everybody with me I mean I had no idea how mm-hmm. I was gonna heal right that was the that was the vow.
1: okay well I mean, And it was very wise of you to recognize that that healing is needed. And so many people, I don't want to, I'm going to say this and it's not going to sound, come out sounding very um, compassionate, but a lot of people try to just paper it over and try to get, Mm -hmm. you know, without actually doing (laughs) the really hard stuff. Um, So, Mm -hmm you talk about you that you found three things and i know that the first one is something called post-betrayal syndrome Mm -hmm. and can you talk about what that is and how you discovered it
0: yeah sure so that was actually the second discovery the first was that betrayal is very different and originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And for those who aren't familiar, post-traumatic growth is, if you can imagine like an upside of trauma, how, how whatever that trauma is, death of a loved mm-hmm. one, disease, natural disaster, whatever, leaves you with a new awareness, insight, perspective. But as I, I said, I had been through uh, death of a loved one. I'd been through disease, and, and it felt so different for me. Betrayal felt so different. I didn't want to assume it was the same for everyone. So I asked all my participants, I said, if you've been through other traumas, besides betrayal is it different for you unanimously they said it's so different and here's why because it feels so intentional we take mm. it so personally so the entire self get shattered and has to be rebuilt think about it rejection mm-hmm. abandonment belonging confidence worthiness trust has to they all have to be rebuilt so it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth it's like yeah you need to rebuild your life but you also need to rebuild the self so I coined a new term post betrayal transformation and that's the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal so that was the first discovery but okay. the one you're speaking about that was the second and what we learned was that there's actually a collection of symptoms physical mental and emotional so common to betrayal it's known as post betrayal syndrome and okay. uh, we've actually had about eighty thousand people or so take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling a few things about that the first thing is we've all heard time heals all wounds i, I have know. the proof that we, <laughs> yeah when it comes to betrayal that's not true because no. there's a question that says is there anything else you'd like to share and people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago and I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened mm-hmm. 40 years ago mm-hmm. and I can still feel the hate. So mm-hmm. we know you can't count on time. You can't even count on a new relationship to heal betrayal. It has mm-hmm. to be deliberate and intentional. Okay,
1: interesting. So what are the, what are the symptoms
0: or, of, of post-betrayal syndrome? What does that, what does that look like? sure and every few months I pull the stats from the quiz to see where people land so now imagine that 80,000 people men women just about every country is represented okay. 78% constantly revisit their experience 81% feel a loss of personal power 80% are hypervigilant, 94% deal with painful triggers just like how you said it you know it messed with you for weeks it's very very true mm-hmm. the most common physical symptoms have low energy, 68% have sleep issues, 63% have extreme fatigue, 47% have weight changes, maybe in the beginning you can't hold food down, later on you're using food for comfort, Mm -hmm. 45% have digestive issues and that can be anything from Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, you name it. Mm -hmm. The most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed, 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief, 68% can't focus, 64% are in shock 62% can't concentrate the most common emotional symptoms 88% experience extreme sadness 83% are really angry real common to bounce back and forth between those two emotions Mm -hmm. 82% feel hurt 80% have anxiety 79% are stressed just a few more here's why (laughs) I wrote the book trust again 84% have an inability to trust Mm-hmm. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% finds it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how.
1: So, yeah, wow. Um, yeah. Um, and you, you said something that I think, you know, about this idea that, you know, it just it it shatters our 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 own sense of self i mean so but you also mm-hmm. said that that, be, that betrayal is seen as intentional um mm-hmm. you know i mean and and there are there are some betrayals i mean obviously if you're you know if you're married and you and you have an understanding that that we are going to be monogamous and you end up sleeping with somebody else, it's like, okay, that seems, because you don't just kind of happen, I mean, I love Dr. Phil, you know, you're walking down the street, minding your own business, and suddenly you find yourself in bed with somebody who's not your spouse. It's like, that doesn't happen. It's a series of choices. But there are some other kinds of, between, and, you know, and, 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 you know, sharing, sharing um, personal information with, with somebody. But sometimes I can see that being more accidental um you know mm-hmm. that uh, be, because i would use myself as the template and and if i didn't care if this particular bit of information was shared well, no big deal mm-hmm. but but my partner might feel very differently about it and if we hadn't had a conversation like about monogamy then i it would is it
0: still a betrayal you know, I define it as the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule, and every relationship okay. has them. Yes. So it's it's really about the rules of that relationship. But what okay. I, I just want to go back to the stats from the post betrayal syndrome quiz. You know, you didn't hear me read anything. Twenty percent, thirty percent. These numbers yeah, are no, high. No, they're all big. Yeah, and what's even, to me, crazier about those statistics, that's not necessarily from a recent betrayal. This could be from that parent who did something when you were a kid. This Uh could be from that girlfriend or boyfriend in high school who broke your heart. So think about it. That person may not know, care, or even remember. They may Uh not even be alive. And here we are walking around with the weight issues, with the gut issues, with the, the hypervigilance, with the anxiety, with the sleep issues, from something that happened decades ago. That's the difference. Uh, in in betrayal, and that's so that that's what blew my mind, and mm-hmm. what made the third discovery uh, even more exciting. And I'm I'm happy to share that one too. Right.
1: we'll we'll, we'll get to that one
0: get yeah. that one in
1: a minute. But you know, so and this is where I struggle a little bit because I get I get the spoken. Mm-hmm. You know, I get we have we have talked about this. We have agreed. Mm -hmm. Um, but I get a little, I get a little mm, hesitant when things are unspoken because there's a lot of expectations. There's a lot of things that don't get talked about and it's like, okay, if we didn't have a conversation and an agreement about this and I'm functioning under the idea that, oh, you've agreed to this thing that I haven't even told you is important to me. That's where I get a little confused about the intentional betrayal, because if I don't know about it, should Mm -hmm. I really be held accountable for it?
0: Yeah. I mean, there are definitely subtleties for sure. And this is where, uh, this is where relationships can grow much deeper because as Mm -hmm. these things come up and as you, you, you know, you let the other one know what's important to you, what, what is, Mm non-negotiable what Mm -hmm. really is so hurtful or whatever it is that's how relationships change and grow it's really it's those those the big shocking ones right that it's where it's assumed those are the ones that hurt the most but there are you know there's also we call it death by a thousand cuts you know it could be lies or deception or Mm -hmm. there are so many variations of it but I absolutely hear what you're saying. Where one person doesn't think it's a big deal and the other person it is. That that you know it's those the rules and the boundaries need to be renegotiated a bit when, when yeah. something like that happens. Absolutely. So this is happily ever after is
1: just the beginning on WebTalkRadio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries and I'm talking about betrayal and how to heal from it with holistic psychologist, Dr. Debbie Silber. She is the founder of the Post Betrayal Transformation Institute and author of the new book, Trust Again. And if you have been betrayed in your marriage, you know how devastatingly painful it is. It can leave you hurt, confused, demoralized, and uncertain about how to move forward, not to mention all the statistics that Debbie just gave you. And it's important not to make big decisions while you're in the throes of it. And if you want help working through your feelings so you can make healthy decisions about your marriage and your life, I can help. I invite you to take action today. Give me a call or send me an email to discover, to schedule your free no-obligation five-star relationship call. You can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S coaching. N is in Nancy. C is in Charlie.com. or you can give me a call at area code nine one nine nine two four zero four six three. Again, that's nine one nine nine two four zero four six three. And I want to get back um, to talking with Dr. Silber about this very very important topic. So, what is the third thing you discovered in this study?
0: Yeah. So the third discovery, and to me this was the most exciting, and what we learned was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a mm-hmm. lifetime, and so many people do, mm-hmm. if we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal I mean going from the symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome to that completely rebuilt state of post-betrayal transformation where you where you rebuild yourself and your life after betrayal, you're mm-hmm. going to go through five now proven predictable stages and what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically mentally and emotionally at every stage and we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next so healing is entirely predictable okay I'm happy to go through the stages yes because there's truly a roadmap to healing from all of it sounds good so which What's the first stage what we do within the pbt institute it's what all of our coaches are certified in uh, i'll give it's what's mapped out and trust in and i'll give you sort of a boiled down version here so stage one is like a setup stage and this is before the betrayal and if you can imagine four legs of a table the four legs being physical mental emotional and spiritual what mm-hmm. i saw with everyone me too was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing and kind of neglecting and ignoring the emotional and the spiritual feeling and being well if the table only has two legs easy for that table to topple over and that's us uh-huh. Stage two, uh, shock trauma D-Day discovery day the scariest of all of the stages and this is the breakdown of the body the mind and the worldview so this is where you get the news and and you're shocked you're traumatized right here you've ignited the stress response you're headed for every single stress related symptom illness condition disease your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. Mm-hmm. You can't wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model, the rules that govern you, that prevent chaos. Don't go here. Trust this person. This is how life works. And in one earth-shattering moment, every rule you've ever known to be real and true isn't true anymore. It's bottomed, right. The bottom is bottomed out, and the new bottom hasn't been formed yet. It's terrifying. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? Like that. Here's the trap, though. Stage three, by far, hands down, is the place we get stuck. The most Mm -hmm. common. And here's why once we figured out how to survive our experience because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where we just came from we think it's good and because Mm -hmm. we don't know there's anywhere else to go we start planting roots here we're not supposed to but we don't know that and then Mm -hmm. four things happen the first thing is we start getting all these small self-benefits you know we get our story you know we get to be right we get sympathy Mm -hmm. From everyone we tell our story to we get someone to blame you know Uh so we plant deeper roots again we're not supposed to but we don't know we don't know that (laughs) and because because we're here uh, longer than we should be the mind starts doing things like you know well maybe you're not that great maybe you deserved it maybe this maybe that so we plant deeper roots again we're not supposed to but we don't know now because these are the thoughts we're thinking well this is the energy we're putting out Mm -hmm. like energy attracts like energy So now we're calling situations and circumstances and relationships towards us to confirm, yep, this is where you belong. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. (laughs) Because it feels so bad, but we don't know there's anywhere else to go, right here we resign ourselves. We're like, this is terrible, but I have to work, I have to raise my kids, whatever. So here's where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, whatever it is to numb, avoid, and distract ourselves from what's so painful to feel our face. So think about it. We do this for a day, a week, a month, a year, you know, 10 years, 20 years. And I can honestly see someone 20 years out of their betrayal and, and ask them, you know, that emotional eating or that drinking, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy.
1: Right. Yeah, they're going. No, that was
0: twenty years ago. What are you talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But all they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. Does that make sense? Yeah. It 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 actually does. And and mm-hmm. you know,
1: it, it's interesting because it's it's this is not very different from just regular. You know, well, I don't know if I'll call it regular ordinary trauma. That's that's minimizing, and I don't mean to do that. But but this idea that you know our our. You know, our survival mechanism kicks in. We come up with these coping skills that get us through and going back to visit whatever that traumatic event was. We don't want to do that. So we just kind of stay Mm -hmm. and we've created those habits that are functional to a point. But then, and I think you're going there, they get in the way.
0: Well, they keep us stuck in stage three. Transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. And so if we're yes. just stuck in our story and, and, you know, also I have to say we have a lot of people coming into the PBT Institute with therapy trauma. Uh, it could uh, be a wonderful therapist, but if all you're doing is unpacking your story over and over and over again, if anything is going to glue you to stage three, it's just going over it without coming up with a with something to do with it. And we see right. that all mm-hmm. the time and and even so that's only getting it on the emotional level the mental level and it Mm -hmm. hits us on every level so every level has to be addressed anyway if you're willing to let go of your story and everything that goes along with it grieve, mourn the loss a bunch of things you need to do you move to stage four stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal so here's where you acknowledge i can't undo what happened but i control what i do with it Mm -hmm. you know right in that decision you turn down the stress response you're not healing just yet but you just stopped the massive damage you've been creating in stages two and stage three stage four feels like if you've ever moved if you've ever moved to a Mm -hmm. new house office condo apartment whatever all your stuff's not there it's not quite cozy yet but it's going to be okay that's Mm -hmm. what stage four feels like but i found this so interesting you know think about it if you were to move you don't take everything with you you don't take the things that don't represent who you want to be in your right. new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, you don't take them with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, really common. And people say to me all the time, What the heck? I've had these friends. You know, 10, 20, 30 years, is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation, and mm-hmm. friendships change all the time, right in this one spot. Very common. Anyway, when we were comfortable with this new space mentally, making it uh, our new mental home we move into the fifth most beautiful stage and this is healing rebirth and a new worldview the body starts to heal self love self-care eating well exercise things like that we didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier now we do the mind is healing we're making new rules we're making new boundaries based on the road we just traveled and we have a new worldview based on what we see so clearly now and the four legs of the table in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental, but at this point we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Well, and
1: I, and I love that because you know, that, that decision, because it really is a decision to mm-hmm. say, okay, here is the new normal. And, you know, and, and I get what you were saying from before, because of course, nobody, you know, blames their, well, I shouldn't say nobody, I'm sure there are some people, but most of us are, are um, aware enough not to blame our partners for getting cancer or being killed in a car accident. I mean, you know, I mean we, can, we can wrap our heads around those tragedies and traumas, but, but, when, but when we're making a decision that, you know, this is, this, is the, this is my new normal and what do I want to do with it, that sounds so empowering
0: mhm it's very it is very empowering and that's where change change begins you know people think uh most people think that change takes time it change happens with a decision mm-hmm. seeing the results of that change may take a while right. but that decision uh is, is what creates that change and it's what it's what begins that transformation so when
1: when somebody is willing to do this and mm-hmm. they get through to stage five, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I just you know, I just wrote an article. I've been I've been doing this whole series of bad marriage advice, and one of them is You know, is is, is a version of time heals all wounds, which is the forgive and forget kind of thing. It's like okay, stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're, we're never going to forget that betrayal, but how do you keep it from impacting say, you know, future relationships? Because you know, you hear, you know, um, you know, all men are this or all women are this. I mean, we, we tend to, because we've been hurt, we, we tend to make these huge generalized statements and then make the new mm-hmm. person in our life jump through all kinds of hoops based on what the last person did. So, how do we, yeah. how do we
0: really keep that from polluting our future? yeah, the, the, everything you said that that's stage three stuff. Mm-hmm. that's somebody who has not done the work to move through it because it, it is repeat betrayal, by the way, is a classic sign of an mm-hmm. unhealed betrayal because. If you have not done the deliberate and intentional work to move through the stages the only thing you can attract is more of the same because there's a profound lesson it's and it's not that the betrayal is your fault it's your opportunity there is a profound lesson that you need better boundaries in place you are lovable worthy and deserving whatever it is for you until and unless you get that you're going to have opportunities in the form of people to teach you so it, so like when you say, oh, you, you go into another relationship and how do you not bring that in? You bring, you, you will bring that in if you're in stage three, okay. for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred percent because the lesson isn't learned. The changes haven't happened. You show up differently. The person, the, the person who is in that state of post-betrayal transformation, that's stage four, stage five person is dramatically different you know, it's, betrayal lends itself to creating an entirely new identity. You leave behind everything that no longer serves, and you take with you all the parts you love. And, and a really simple way to look at this is, you know, most people know Legos. You know, I have four kids. They're grown uh-huh. now, but they used to love Legos. Now, imagine there was a Lego structure. It wasn't good. It was just there, right? And then let's say it's just it was destroyed. It was knocked over. The pieces were all over the place. That's all, you know, demolished. That's what betrayal does. But here's the thing, when you are moving through the stages to post betrayal transformation, here's the opportunity where you look at all the Legos, every single Lego piece, and you're like, wait a second, you know what, Hmm. I'm not going to use that one. I'm going to use this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. And you create something magnificent that never would have had an opportunity to be created had it not topple over. That's what stage four and stage five are all about. You don't experience that in stage three. Mm. So what helps
1: because, you know, I mean, as you talk about stage three, I realize that that's where a lot of people get stuck um, for mm-hmm. a lot of different reasons. And maybe yeah. it's also going back to this cycle. Like, well, enough time has passed and I'm not, you know, and, and Mm-mm. time and distance. Right. Um, but it, but basically that betrayal, you know, is, is still climbing into bed with us every night, whether we know it or not. Mm-hmm. So what yeah.
0: what moves people from stage three to, to stage four and five? Yeah, it's it's deliberate and it's intentional and it's very you know, there's a there's a it's still very action oriented, like stage three is action oriented into doing your research around, you know, what a cheater does and narcissism and all the you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Stage four is still very action-oriented, but more towards your self-care. And a big, uh, you know, and it's about, how, you know, what do I need to heal? Now, here's the thing. Healing needs to happen on every level because every level has been impacted, and most people don't do that. They only, if anything... Uh, heal at one level. Oh, I'll go I'll go speak to someone. But first of all, if that person isn't highly skilled in betrayal, it does way more harm than good. Uh, and this is why most people stay stuck in stage three. Um, but stage four, there's also a grieving process. You know, there's this understanding that, that you cannot change it, but mm-hmm. but you change what you do with it. And, and actually, there were three groups in my study who did not heal. Okay. Uh, one of them, they had their story and they were sticking with it and that was it you know they mm-hmm. just had their story and year after year it was the same thing except you know worse you know mm-hmm. the second group this was the group that was numbing avoiding distracting they ran to the doctor who put him on a mood stabilizer or, or an anti-anxiety medication they started drinking emotionally eating numbing in, mm-hmm. you know in front of the TV whatever it is may have made the, di- the day a bit easier to get through not without a price they didn't heal and the third group this was the group where the betrayer had very little consequences
1: so mm-hmm. whether it was
0: out of financial fear not wanting to break up a family religious reasons that was a big one they just mm-hmm. did all they could to turn the other cheek try to put put it behind them I saw two things with this group number one fur- a further deterioration of the relationship and number two this group was the most physically sick Your broken yeah. heart can't handle that
1: uh, yeah I can I can imagine because it's 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 like the learn. Lure- Helplessness study that was done so long ago with the dogs mm-hmm. you know being you know for those people who don't know what it was because it would never be allowed today from a humane standpoint, but they took these dogs and put them in a cage that had a a wire cage that had a, a way to get from one side of the cage to the other, and they would shock the dogs, and you know the dogs would go bouncing back and forth between the two sides, trying to escape the shocks until they finally just curled up in the corner because they couldn't escape the shocks and so it sounds to me like That's a learned helplessness. I have to stay in this relationship, but this relationship is Mm -hmm. devastating. And so it's like you're in this, you're in this, I just, I I can't get out of it, which I can, which I would think would be even, you know, multiplying the the trauma. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's awful. And, and that's the thing. And most people don't realize that not only is healing predictable, uh, your transformation is predictable too.
1: Yeah. And it's and it's interesting because you know, I've had couples come to me where infidelity's been an issue and they've just tried to, you know, forgive and forget, move on. And it's like, yeah, you guys have not done you guys have not done the work that is going to get you to get you through this. Was there anything, were there any characteristics about the group
0: that did heal? yeah I mean it was really the it was well you know betrayal will show you who someone truly is it can also wake them up to who they temporarily became Mm -hmm. and and you know it's interesting because we have one of our programs is for the betrayer our our new rebuild program because some you know the betrayer who's just sort of on to the next and doesn't have any remorse or empathy Mm -hmm. or regret there's really you have very little to work with there but the ones who realize they just blew up their life Yep. And made the biggest mistake and broke the heart of the the, the person, the people they, they love the most. There's a lot of hope for them. And, and in fact, you know, and, and just to close the loop on my story, uh, rebuilding is always a choice. Whether you rebuild yourself and move on, that's what I did with my family because mm-hmm. healing with them was not an option. Right. Or you rebuild something entirely new. With the person who hurt you um and that's what i do with my husband so not long ago is to completely transform people we married each other again yeah um and i never would have done that if he were who he had become and also if i were who i was mm-hmm. you know it's it, it everything crashes and burns and mm-hmm. is the with that complete and utter death and destruction of the old that's how you rebirth the new so the betrayers who are ready to do whatever it takes. I mean, we have our rebuild uh-huh. program for them, and they do so well because they, they change just as much as the betrayed person right. changes.
1: And, that's, and, and that is such a key takeaway that, mm-hmm. you, know, is, you know, there is a way to get through this, but it, it takes both people to do it Mm -hmm. and and that's not to and again the way when I talk about it's like you are never responsible for the other person's choice to betray you that Mm -hmm. is not on -hmm. on you you do not own that please let that go but Mm -hmm. you do own how you move forward and to me Mm -hmm. doing what I do and talking with you that's the empowering part because as long as I as long as I keep to a story that doesn't serve me, then I'm the one who's getting hurt by it. Um, mm-hmm. But if I can move through that and, and do this hard work, because I'm going to tell you guys, it's not easy, but it certainly is worth it. Even even if you don't, even if you don't have any more contact with that, uh, that other person ever again for you. Just to be able to live a complete life, I think is where the um, is where the value of doing that hard work is
0: Mhm absolutely
1: so Debbie, we could talk about this forever um, unfortunately, we're out of time. so could you please share where people can learn more about the five stages, how to you know wh- how to get out of, you know, being stuck in stage three, <laughs> um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because I think there's yeah. so many people out there that are suffering that they could, yeah. you know, taking positive action would, would make a world of difference.
0: Sure. And the book just for stage three is from hardened to healed. I mean, I found that's where everybody lands. So there's a book just for them. Everything is at the PBT is in post betrayal transformation, the PBT They'll find everything there.
1: Well, great, because betrayal is like having your legs knocked out from under you and your heart stomped on all at the same time. You may feel like things will never be right again, that you will never be able to trust anyone ever for any reason. But if you follow what you've learned today, you can actually repair your heart and your life. And I really sincerely hope that if you're one of these people who's had you know who's been betrayed that you please do what it takes to heal yourself because you deserve it and hopefully one of the things that you will keep doing in your journey is listening to this show and so until next week stay loving